You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Oh boy, what a day. We want to welcome all of those joining us on live stream right now. We are thrilled to have you. We're glad to have folks joining us throughout the week. I got a call this last week from a Teen Challenge Center in Louisiana that puts our service up on their big screen, and they have service with us. All of you Teen Challenge guys in Louisiana join us today. We're thrilled to have you. Praying God's blessings on your life. Not that any of you know or care or need to know about rodeo. It's just where I live. And I realize you are about as uninterested in that as I am about your golf. I care less about it. But I got the microphone now. All year long, rodeos are everywhere. Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, they're everywhere. All over the nation are rodeos. And at the end of the year, the top 15 money winners in every event are invited to the NFR, the National Finals Rodeo, and that's where you compete for 10 nights for the World Championship. And so you you amass money all year long, and the top money winners at the end of the year then get to go and to compete, and and it's a huge deal. In in rodeo, it's as big as it gets. Uh, It's like making it to the Super Bowl if you're a football player. It's like making it to the Olympics if you're a figure skater. It'd be like going to the World Series if you were a baseball player. It's a big deal. Terry and I, when we can, we go to the NFR, the National Finals Rodeo. It's in December. And when we can't go, we're glued for 10 straight nights to the TV. We don't miss a night of it. We watch all 10 nights. When you go there, the vendors are more than you can imagine. The massive convention halls with just miles and miles of vendors selling everything Western. And I don't mean just saddles and bridles. I'm talking about from, from, from jewelry to outfits to, to furniture. to uh, it just you, If you're there for three, four, five days and you spend eight hours a day on your feet walking, you can't get to all the vendors. Hundreds of thousands of people attend this event. It's a big deal. Well, when we were there a few years ago, I went to a vendor and I bought this jacket with an NFR logo on it. It's got an NFR logo on the back. And I realized that rodeo is not that big around here, so this is the only jacket like this in our area. Well, I wear this. This is what I wear every day. And I was wearing this outfit when Darren and I were traveling to Oklahoma to a horse sale. And we stopped at a convenience store for gas. And I got out and I walked into the store and went into the bathroom. Darren was out there fueling up the tank. And so he comes in behind me. There were several men in that convenience store. And they're all talking. We got out together. I'm pulling a horse trailer. I get out walking in dressed like this. Darren comes walking in behind me, and they said, Hey, 
hey, hey, what? That guy you're with, is he somebody? Like, is he somebody important? If y'all know Darren, you won't be surprised. He said, yep, sure is. Just kept right on walking. Well, we got in the truck, and he told me about that. And I had a huge laugh. I wanted to go back and sign autographs. It's been the only time in my life I could have signed some autographs. But I've never gotten that question out of my mind, is he somebody important? Is he somebody important? Because the, the truth is, everybody asks that question. Not only about other people, but you ask that about yourself. Am I, am I somebody important? The title of today's message is, Somebody Important. Somebody is not what makes you important. Somebody important. Turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I want you to scan quickly with me, starting in verse 1, all down through creation. It's all wonderful. It's all good. And I want you to get, and I want everybody to see this, I want you to get to verse 26. Let us make human beings in our image, reflecting our nature. God created us to be more like Him than anything else that He made. He never said, let us make the oceans in our image. Let us make birds in our image. Let us make the dogs in our image. Now the heavens reflect and declare the glory of God. But they're not made in the image of God. We are. And I want to tell you today, we read over verse 26 way, 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 way too quickly. I want to say it again. We read over verse 26 way too quickly. Don't blow through verse 26. I want you to think about that with me today. All we see around us, I, I, I don't even know. I'm, law, I'm trying to figure out words to say magnificent, unbelievable. I mean, how do you describe the stars? How do you describe day and night and the rotation of the planets, the colors, the seasons changing? Terry and I just recently drove through South Utah. We drove across North Arizona and just looking out the window at the Grand Canyon, at all of the arches, the canyons, the mountains. I, 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 I don't have any words. And you can't take a picture and capture what's out there. Aren't you, aren't you just blown away by the colors of fish in the ocean? Or are you just, are you, uh, 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 what do you say? The colors of the feathers on birds? Are you just amazed? All of this reveals God. The Bible tells us only the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And I, Romans chapter 1, it's very clear. There's no way, there is no way that you can deny the existence of God. You don't do that. Nobody does that. And it says, you can only suppress that truth. But down deep in your heart, whether you'll ever admit it or not, you are well aware there is a creator God. 
Now, you can suppress that truth, and you can act like a fool if you want to, but here's what I'm telling you. You don't deny God. His creation declares His glory. But none of this in creation is created in His image except mankind. I want to read verse 26 again to you. Do you get this? Let us make man in our image. Now, let's be clear. No one is a God, except maybe in your own mind. But everyone carries attributes of God. Wisdom, love, kindness, a longing for eternity. No animal has a longing for eternity. No animal, no, see, we are the ones that are made in His image, in His likeness. Now, we're all very aware that sin has distorted that image, but it hadn't destroyed that image. His image is the way that you were created. Because of sin, the image of God is sometimes difficult to see, and that's what our salvation is all about. After salvation, the New Testament then teaches us a progressive work of God that shapes us into the image that we are created in. It's a progressive work. Uh, We spend time with God, we read His Word, we obey the Lord, and we reflect more and more of His character. We say things that God says. We begin to act in ways that God acts. We respond to situations like God responds to after reading His Word and spending time with Him. And we reflect more and more of Him as we mature in our faith. We do things that God would do. We love, we share, we forgive. Colossians 3, 9 We have taken off our old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of God. The world is wrong when it tells you that you are only as important as the clothes that you're wearing. The world is wrong when it tells you that you are only as important as tall as you are or as thin as you are, or as muscular as you are. The world is wrong when it tells you that you are only as important as you are pimple-free. You're only as important as you are perfumed. You're only as important as the car you drive, or the size of house that you live in. Verse 26, I want to call your attention to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. You're important because God made you in His image. Period. For those just now joining us, you're dozing off and waking up. Let me say that again because it's vital you hear that. You are important because God created you in His image. We have some very slow learners in here today. Let me go over it again. You are important because He created you in your image. I was prepared to say that a hundred times if I didn't get an applause. Thank you. He cherishes you because you bear resemblance to Him. And you will only be satisfied when you are in the role of an image bearer. Psalm 17 verse 15, I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. That's where satisfaction comes from. 
When you walk out of a situation and you know that you know that you know you handled it like God would have had you handle it, you are satisfied. And there's no money, there's no car, there's no house that can bring that satisfaction to you. And you know whenever you blow it, you're unsatisfied. I don't care how fancy of a car you go out there and get in, you're unsatisfied when you leave a conversation and you know you didn't handle that like you should have. Satisfaction comes when you bear His image because that's how we were created. Ephesians 1 tells us that He loved us before we were even born. Because there is something of Him in you. He made you in His image, and because of that, you are somebody important. Someone may call you insignificant. Someone may call you a failure. Somebody may break up with you. Somebody may tell you you're ugly or you're stupid. But I want you to know you are important today because of who created you. You're a child of God. A part of Him is in you. Our theme this year is essential, and it is essential that we get this. It's essential that you come to understand high IQ or low IQ does not make God like you or not like you. You are created in His image. All A's or you barely passed. Blue-blooded or you're an orphan. You are created in His image. Whether you are a CEO or you're unemployed. Whether you got lots of money or whether you don't have any money. If you're from this area, you want to have a big pickup that's jacked up with loud muffler, blah, 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 blah. Wake up every kid in the neighborhood whenever you thoughtlessly drive down the road. I don't, God don't care what kind of pickup you drive. You're important to Him because you're His. You're important to Him because you're His. And it's essential that we understand this because we begin to see ourselves in a different light and you see others in a different light, when you understand Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Read with me Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Have I mentioned that verse to you? Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. You are somebody important. You are somebody important. You've got to get this. There is part of him in you. Let me ask you this. Our pregnant moms... And the father of that soon-to-be child. Think about it. They love that child. A pregnant mom loves that child. And they've never seen that child. That child has never said, I love you. That child has never danced. That child has never sang. That child has never hit a three-point shot at the buzzer. That child has never brought you coffee in bed. Yet they love that child. Why? Because there is something of you in that child. And it's not based on that child's performance. The child isn't even born yet. And you love that child because a part of you is in that child. Why does God love you? It don't have nothing to do with what you did in school. It doesn't have it. He loves you because part of Him is in you. And you hadn't done nothing to get that. Have I mentioned Genesis chapter 1 verse 26? Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Church, you are somebody important. Romans eight twenty nine. For those God foreknew, He predestined to be conformed into the image of His Son. 1 Corinthians 11. Man is the image and the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 15. We shall bear the image of the heavenly man. 2 Corinthians three eighteen. We reflect 
the glory of the Lord. See, this is a life-changing revelation when you get this. Turn to Acts chapter 22. A very, very important story. You have to listen to this. This is essential that we see this. Y'all know the story of Paul, and Paul preached the gospel, and when he preached, it made people mad, and he got beat up all the time. He kind of got used to it, I guess. Just another day at the office, beat up, thrown outside the city. It didn't bother him a whole lot. He just dusted himself off and came back in and preached some more. But this is one of those times, Acts chapter 22, verse 22. Vital that you hear this story. The crowd listened until Paul said that same word again. They started shouting, away with such a fellow, he isn't fit to live. They yelled, they threw off their coats, they tossed handfuls of dust in the air. The commander brought Paul inside and ordered him lashed with whips to make him confess his crime. He wanted to find out why the crowd had become so furious. When they tied Paul down to lash him, Paul said to the officer standing there, Hey, is it legal for you to whip a Roman citizen? (gasps) (gasps) When the officer heard this, he went to the commander and asked, What are you doing? This man's Roman citizen. So the commander went over. (sighs) Seriously, tell me. Are you a Roman citizen? Yep. Well, well, I am too, the commander muttered. He cost me plenty. Paul answered, I'm a citizen by birth. I didn't buy into this thing. I was born a Roman citizen. Verse 29, most important scripture in the Bible. You've got to see this. The soldiers who were about to interrogate Paul quickly withdrew when they heard he was a Roman citizen. And the commander was frightened because he had ordered him bound and whipped. It's the most important passage in the whole Bible. Because of Paul's citizenship, I don't think y'all are paying attention. Because of Paul's citizenship, they... Woo, they jumped back, Jack. Oh, this guy is somebody important. Here's what I'm telling you today. When the devil starts to whip you, when he starts to beat up on you, when you are going through the worst day of your life, you make him aware of your citizenship. You let him know you are somebody important. You better watch out, big boy. I am, you about to whip somebody that's important here. Devil, I'm not just a nobody that you can toss around and kick around. you messing with somebody that's a child of the God. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I am somebody important. And you can't whip me. You can't beat me. I'm a child of God. Oh, I love Acts 22. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, what Paul had done or what Paul had not done All of a sudden, what he did was not the central focus in everybody's mind. What he had done or what he hadn't done. See, all you worry about is the guilt in your mind about what you did and your past failures. And Tim, you don't know what I've gone through and I've just messed up so bad and I've blown it. And Oh, Tim, whoa, I've just saw I'm so mad. All you can think about is what you've done. You get around others and they want to tell you about scoring the winning touchdown on their high school football team and they're 75 years old right now. They're still wanting to be important because they caught a pass in the end zone. See, we're trying desperately to be somebody. 
We're buying, trying to build the biggest house on our street. We're trying to drive the most expensive car we can buy. We're trying to buy clothes. We're trying to do our hairdo. We try, we're trying to do everything we can to be somebody important. And you have not read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Paul, was what he had done was of no consequence whatsoever. When he brought out the fact that he was somebody important, these folks had to step back. Devil, you get back. I'm created in the image of God. I'm created in His likeness. See, when you get this, when you get this, that you are somebody important. Tim, I got it. I got it. Move on. For crying out loud, you made the same point over and over and over. Move on. Here's what I'm telling you. You got to get it. See, it's not here in a sermon. When you get it, it changes the way you see life. It changes the way you evaluate yourself. When you get this message, your whole life changes. Let me tell you, it'll do two things. When you get what I'm talking about today, it will do two things in your life. Number one, it obviously changes the image that you have of yourself. Let me tell you something else it does. It changes the image that you have of every person you meet. Now let's talk about that. The way you see yourself. One of the number one mental health issues today is low self-esteem and insecurities. And this is destroying so many lives today. And it plagues all ages. Our young children... Dealing with such insecurities, such insecurities, such low self-esteem. All parents in here, every parent, I want you listening. You, every day, pound Genesis 1, 26 in your child. When they're getting their backpack on and fixing to walk out the door in the morning, you remind them you're created in the image of God. You're created in the image of God. I want our children growing up in this with our parents inundating them with the fact you are created in the image of God. You are an image bearer of God. I want you to know I don't care what they say about you on the playground. I don't care the songs they sing about you. I don't care if you make the ball team or you don't make the ball team. I don't care if you ever get tall. I don't care if you... Uh, here's what I I'm telling you, you are created in the image of God. You're created in the image of God. Parents, our children have got to grow up knowing verse 26. Our teenagers, so many battle such low self-esteem that just plagues them, that plagues them. Maybe sports isn't your thing. Maybe academics isn't your thing. I didn't start growing until I was 17. If you want to know an all-time low... You'd be a little short boy. Do y'all know on Central Avenue where the Malco Theater is? It's a magic show now. Anybody know where that is? Let me just, we're just bearing our soul here today. Whenever you're real short, your girlfriends are always a head tall. Head taller than you. I walked up to that ticket counter with my girlfriend. Right there, I'll take you to that. I'll show you right on the concrete where I was standing. And that ticket seller looked at my date and said, one adult and one child? I, she thought that she was babysitting the neighbor's little kid, I guess. If I knew who she was, I'd go jerk her up right now. Teens, you got to know you're somebody important. I don't care how tall you are. Maybe you're a late bloomer. Maybe you never bloomed. I don't know. 
You're somebody important. You're somebody important. Oh, our young married couples in here. You're battling such insecurities. And you strive for how much money you make compared to how much money your best friends are making. Paul and I talk about this all the time, reliving experiences back years ago. When your best friend pulls up in your driveway and they got a new bass boat and you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay your electric bill. I mean, you, you, in that age, you're trying to be somebody by the size of house that you have or beside the, the car that you drive. Our young married couples in here, you got to know that you are somebody important because you are an image bearer of God. I don't know who set this. I don't know why it's set. I don't know why we pay $10 million a year to a basketball player, and we pay $25,000 a year to a school teacher. I don't know how our country got there, but here's what I know. You are somebody not based on your height or your ball ability. You're, you're somebody because God created you in His image. In all of our, uh, well, if you're 40 years old and under and you're married, stand up. All of our 40 and under married couple, y'all stand up. 40 and under married, stand up. All of them all over this place. All of them all over this place. I want you to get this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you and I bind the spirit of competition. I bind the spirit of insecurities. I bind the spirit of worry and fear. I bind the spirit of pressure off of our young married adults in here. They're not in competition with the neighbor. Their size of their house, the size of their car. We bind this ungodly comparison and pressure in Jesus' name. Our young married couples are free to give you glory and to give you honor. They're free to be who you called them to be. They're free to fulfill your call on their life and we bind the pressure that would have them stop the call of God on their life and go take this job so they can buy a bigger house we bind that spirit in Jesus name y'all can be seated now I'm telling you we're not having it in this church we're not having it in this church our members are going to know that they are created in God's image regardless of the size of car you drive Come on, young married couples, there's a lot of things important in life, and the size of your house ain't one of them. It plagues all of us. Our older adults in here battle such insecurities. My life is over. My airplane's landing. You start looking at the wrinkles, the sagging skin, the gray hair or the no hair. Here's what I want you to know, all of our older folks in here, your importance does not come from the tightness of your skin. You've got to get this. Your importance does not come from the tightness of your skin. We've got to get this in our mind. This message becomes revelation knowledge to you. It becomes revelation knowledge to you, and it changes your whole life for all of us. Regardless of your age, we all battle insecurities. The devil makes sure that you are thinking about an area that you are not in instead of the areas that you are in. Maybe you don't make much money. That's not a determining factor on your importance. Maybe you're not tall. Compared to who? Compared to the Aborigines? Compared to the Chinese? I mean, who are you comparing yourself with? 
you're not smart. Smart about what? Smart about what? I struggled in biology. I struggled in science. But, buddy, I owned the speech class in high school. But all I could think about was how bad I was in biology and science. See, all you can think about is what you're bad in. You don't think about what you're good in. Come on. We've got to stop looking for worldly things for importance in our life. Genesis 1.26 is very, very clear. What makes you important is you are created in the image of God. Quickly, I've got to move on. Number two. This changes the way you see everybody else. How in this world, how in this world did we come to a place where we are riding and we're protesting and we're marching for certain lives that matter as if other lives don't matter? What in this world are we doing? Everybody matters. All lives matter. All lives matter. And you are important to me, not because of the color of your skin. You are important to me because I read verse 26 in Genesis. You are important to me. Uh, I'm telling you, whether you're a Jew, whether you're a Greek, whether you're an employer, whether you're an employee, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're black, whether you're white. See, we're all, all, he said, let us make mankind. Let us make human beings in our image. And there is a part of God that is in every person, and that makes you somebody important. And you don't have to be out here protesting and marching because of the color of your skin, because of the size of your house. I am, my life matters because I drive an old car. My life matters because I live in a little house. Come on, we got to stop all of this. All lives matter. All lives matter. This changes the world. This changes the world. There are no more women's rights movements. There's no more black lives matter rights. There's no more economic class system in our country. Your skin color does not give you importance. Genesis 126 gives you importance. And everybody you meet, when you look at them, here's what you can know. There's somebody important. There's somebody important. (gasps) Is he somebody important? You bet he is. There's somebody important. Every human being, regardless of race, gender, economic background, is created in the image of God. And everybody is somebody important. My prayer today is that this is not just another Sunday morning sermon. And in the last 40 plus years, I can assure you I've preached a lot of them. I preached a lot of Sunday morning sermons, a lot of them. But I'm praying today, this is not another Sunday morning sermon. It's essential that this becomes revelation knowledge on the inside of you. I am created in God's image and in His likeness. There's a part of God's image created in you and in everybody you meet. And church, when you walk in the convenience store and the guys in there ask your traveling buddy, hey man, is he somebody important? Your answer is, you bet he is. Y'all stand with me. Lord, today we are speechless when it comes to saying thank you. That of all creation, you created us 
in your image. Lord, today we repent. We ask you to forgive us for all of the ways that we don't reflect you, that we don't bear your glory, that we don't bear your image. Lord, forgive us for all those ways and times. But today, Lord, we acknowledge the fact that we were created in your image and in your likeness. And that is what gives us significance. Lord, today forgive us for trying to find significance in a house, in a car, in clothes. Forgive us for trying to find significance in scoring a winning point or singing a solo. Forgive us, Lord, for trying to find significance in a bunch of worldly stuff. Lord, we find our significance in you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. Have a great week. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.